Um, I just want to talk about something that's really in vogue with modern offensive basketball. Get deep. And that's just some concepts and principles of the deep penetration, deep dribble penetration game. Well, all series long, we've been able to penetrate their bigs. But there's also a topic within a topic. Get deep. Suck the D in, and then we penetrate their bigs. Get deep. That's the the ostensible reason for, for doing the clinic. We're back with Deep Penetration, and it's the Tony Brothers owner, Brett Campbell, and the uh, owner of the Blind Pigs and uh, Draftastic commission, Commissioner, uh, Jeff Santoni, and myself, Forrest Johnson, the owner of the Unibros, co-owner, I suppose, and uh, Brett's, I guess, a co-owner as well. Um, so we're going to talk uh, predictions for the season. We'll get started with kind of a boring one. Well, I mean, the obvious one, the uh, top three teams in the league. Um, let's see. We went Brett, then Jeff, then me last time. So I'll, I'll get us started um, yeah. for this one. And my prediction is my top three is uh, touch reverse box, uh, seven minutes, and then um controversial pick the unibros um <laughs> at third um i'll, I'll talk wait, them through wait, wait. real quick what team do you own again <laughs> um touch reverse i i just kind of uh like we talked about um when we were talking about the kind of the recap of the off season uh i just there's a lot of a lot of st- all-star talents on this team. I think this is, uh, if anybody's going to take out seven minutes, I think this is the team. Um, I think things do need to break their way, but uh, I could see, I could see it happening. And I think I just would like to see it happening to happen to. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, seven minutes. I think one of the things that affected this too was just seven, seven minutes is a little bit thinner. Like we talked about before. And if there's anything, COVID is going to be a thing this season. So I think having a little bit of a deep, deeper roster is going to matter. Um, and, and I think that's a weakness for the minutes as, as already kind of, we, it seems like it's a fake, a fake out but with Gordon Hayward when when I thought you know he was out with a foot injury it was like oh geez this is a big deal but um but anyway that's that's my thought there and then putting myself in at third I do think I have a deep team and um, this is my assuming that um a lot of the kind of punditry are right about Anthony Davis having a really big year um, possibly being an MVP, LeBron maybe taking a step back for him. I don't know how likely that is, but I guess that's that's my thought there. Um, also, assuming that Hassan Whiteside plays and gets a lot of blocks, um, if that's, I think Whiteside's the probably the bigger wild card. And if he ends up not playing, then I then I see my the Unibros being 
closer to a six, seven seed, maybe even lower than that, but around there. So that's my top three. I could go through just real quickly. I, I ended up ranking everybody. So I went one TRB, one seven or two, seven minutes, three unibros, blind pigs at four, Tony bros at five. <laughs> that's nice. I did the three of us right in a row there. Um, yes, uh, Meat Stormers at six, Bowski seven, Fluffheads eight, LeBron, Flint Tropics, Sean Kemp's, and then the winners. Um, down low, I had a, a tough time figuring out like uh, basically uh, nine through 12. I had a hard time sorting out what order I really wanted those to be in. So I didn't put a, a ton of effort into those picks, but. Those are my thoughts for the top three in particular. I, I think I would agree with you um, <laughs> for two out of the three, um, in the sense of I, I think the I think uh, although seven minutes lost, you know, some really key players, I think their their top three are still so strong. Um, and then I'm assuming Michael's going to probably start Turner again, who's going to give them the block stuff. Um, although Turner is still, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if Indiana's quite sold with him and I don't know what his NBA contract looks like, but I think he's going to be competitive. I think touch reverse box, um, you know, he really stayed. I mean, his big signing was he, well, he kind of traded Fred Van Vliet for Jeremy Grant, um, which I think is a downgrade. Um, I think Jeremy Grant's going to get way opportunities, but I can remember, um, and I don't know if you, Forrest, you might not remember because you weren't a Blazer fan for so long, but when Portland drafted Harvey Grant, or not drafted, traded for Harvey Grant, which I think is Jeremy Grant's dad or uncle, mm -hmm. um, and everybody was kind of excited. And I was too, because I remember seeing Harvey Grant play a game at Portland for the Bullets at the time. Um, but I feel like Jeremy Grant's that same thing where he's he puts up good numbers as a three or four. Detroit kind of like, what are they giving him? 20 million a year? Something outrageous, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. I just don't think he has that skill set. Um, and he's had, yeah. and he's shown that in preseason. He hasn't shot the ball well with his, you know, increased numbers. But I feel like still, um, you know, he's got Mitchell, he's got Tatum. Like as Brett said, if Markinen can hit, I, I don't love Markinen's fit in Chicago, but if he, he all of a sudden Stark can hit, Draymond's back, he's got Lillard. Um, and Bede, man, even, even Beasley in Minnesota can put up some numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like he's strong. And then, um, I, I, I like what Josh did, but I don't like the bottom part of his roster. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he still has the Nasir Littles, the Cody Zellers, the Cole Anthony's, uh, I know V Mihalik can shoot some threes, but I don't know if he's going to put up the numbers. So. I would actually put myself in as the number third team. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, I, I kind of, as far as building my roster, um, I don't have a lot of all-stars. I got Butler and, um, but I tried to build around playoff team players and guys that would win Yahoo points um, as far as like steals, blocks and those sort of things. And, um, and then I, I think strategically I'll build my categories to try to win certain categories in the non Yahoo. Um, and so I put myself a third, I got second last year. 
Um, but I think Christian's going to have a pullback year. So I'd probably, I think I'm going to get my money back and get third place. So that would be my top three. I, I mimic yours. I've got seven in first, Tetraverse Box in second, and Blind Pigs at three. I, it, It's just hard. There's not a lot of movement in terms of drop-off there. Obviously, four through 12 is a lot of movement, I think, this coming year. And that kind of transition to, like, what we're talking about, like, most disappointing team and stuff like that, you see some pretty – decent drop off from some teams, but also a few teams that had money and spent it and chose to move up a little bit more, which I think will pan out for them. And then you got a lot of movement from the middle, the Flint Tropics and the Unibros, like those teams moved around a lot. Like we don't know how that's going to pan out just quite yep. yet. Mm. Yep. I do think Forrest though, like, I think I, like I had a Hassan last year, I banked on Hassan last year, really to a similar contract as you did. I did have a, uh, a one-year contract with the team option for the second. And uh, I, I mean, that, that got me second place. His points got me second place. Hassan did. He won me a lot of weeks with blocks and rebounds. Yep. Um, and you have him this year. So I feel like if he hits, you're going to be probably overtaking my roster. Like, so it's funny that, Hassan could play that kind of role, but um, yeah. like you said, he's, he's, he's a guy that can stat, uh, you know, just stuff the stats with blocks and rebounds. I think the risk is him. It's like either it's feast or famine with him, right? He's either going to play and get stats yeah, or he's going to be on the, he's not going to get any time because he doesn't, his stats don't translate to real world wins. wins. And it'll just be a cancer and then, you know, he'll mm -hmm. sit on the bench. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, he's, he's a big swing for me. And the, I guess the one thing that concerns me with your, with the, with the uh, uh, blind pigs roster is the Porzingis in injury. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I see him as, cause you've got, I, you've got a really solid roster and I, I love that it's, it's full as well. I, I liked what you did with minimum contracts too, Chris Boucher and then even the Norm Powell one and Bertans. I guess they're not minimum guys, but um, low contracts at least. Low contracts. Yeah. Um, I really love those. Um, Harold. Yeah. Yeah. That's one that's um, yeah. That'll, that'll be a good one. So, yeah, I can definitely see you taking over me. I think I I think it's this for both of us, it's the like star power. We've got one star mm. for sure. And then both of us are kind of like got a bunch of fringe guys. Yeah. Well, and the reason I had had Jeff so I, I mean I had him pretty confidently in that that three spot because of what I labeled the Boucher effect of like there's a vacuum for guys like Boucher and Harrell right now. Yeah. Like Lakers lost Dwight and JaVale. Like those rebounds have to go to somebody and you pay money to a guy, even if he's not necessarily paying out, the paycheck is saying he's going to get minutes. And then you've got a guy like Boucher. It's like, all right, Marcus Saul's gone. You know, we want to play young. You compliment our roster. Nice. Let's throw some minutes his way. Obviously the Toronto is a little bit different situation, but like Boucher showed a lot of a lot of gusto. Like he he's a guy that can he he deserves minutes in the NBA from some team, and he's on the Raptors, so they're going to give him minutes. They have center minutes to give, so like I think players like that are real smart pickups, um, especially when you're in that 
that playoff kind of position because especially in terms of rebounding and blocks and stuff like that, those shooting percentage numbers, those things swing pretty violently sometimes. Hassan's a great example of that. Like, yep. If you have those guys and they're on winning teams, that could really swing that that two to three position. Yep. Yeah, it's funny, as Boris, you mentioned that, like, you and I each have, like, one all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe two on a good year. Like, yep. um, but our rosters are very similar um, as far as the makeup. And it's like, what, what are those like starter non all-star guys? What are the, who hits there? Um, or those bench players that put up good numbers where who hits? So it's yep. kind of like, does, does Boucher hit or does Hassan hit? Right. Uh, might yep. be the difference there in the top three. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's, Let's keep rolling. We'll go to most improved. Um, my vote for most improved team. Uh, let's see. Let me get to my notes here. I, I Honestly, I think um, the Tony bros is the most improved roster. Um, I, I just, uh, where'd you finish last year? Dead last. Dead last, and I, I, I mean, I think you could finish five six, pretty, pretty easily. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe not. There's some, there's some other good teams, but it just like you can really between John Morant's, uh, you've got two all stars in Kyrie and Siakam, likely. Uh, so Michael Porter Jr. is going to be great. Jaws great. Um, so I, yeah. I just see a lot of, I see a lot of points there. Um, There's a few guys that could really swing points that were kind of nothing. Uh, John Morant obviously isn't one of them, but like Michael Porter Jr. and even OG and Anobi, like both of those guys could be a lot, get a lot more minutes. And even like Lonnie Walker and Josh Hart, like those guys still have potential to grow a little bit more. They're still young guys, yeah. but. And Bobby Portis signaling Hayes is going to have a rookie of the year year. He has a, the potential for it. I think, I think he's a stellar guy. I just don't think he has the cast around him to achieve that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of guys buying and battling for minutes. So that might push some of his away, but I mean, I had myself, I had, I had our team in the, in the same spot for most improved just in terms of like starting from the bottom. There's a lot of room for growth. I had your team in, in, in consideration for us just because of in terms of competitiveness. Yeah. Like I still don't think the Tony brothers is a consistent year after year, but they could have a nice spike season that could, you know, shift and move some things around. Yeah. I think for my team, I, I have expected my team to be in the, a competitor, maybe not necessarily I, I expect top three or four for my team with having Davis basically. And so not coming in that spot was pretty disappointing for me last year. Um, so that's why I didn't really see my team as I, I, even though I definitely think I had a really improved, I, my team is much better. We'll see with a Paul George, I guess, but, um, uh, but I do have an honorable mention and that is for the Bowski's ballers. Um, I don't know how much it's going to translate into ranking rankings, but I just 
it, it seems like that team is headed in a in a real direction. Um, yeah, they, and, they lack kind of that focus there for a while. Yeah, and and I I don't yeah again like this season I don't know if it's going to translate into a significant jump in the rankings, but like that team is going to be really good, um, and and that's that's good to see. Well, and I and I think like Robbie. Um, you know, for those couple of years there, it was kind of him and his, uh, his nephew, Brennan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, running the ship. And I think it's now Robbie's kind of taken over full speed and he's kind of correcting some of those, um, transgressions yeah. that yeah. went south. Um, but he, you know, he's got a lot of cap space coming up here in the next couple of years. And, um, yeah, you look at it, he's got a young roster, um, he signed guys to some pretty easy contracts. Um, you know, he's got, again, he's still doing with the Oladipo contract, but right. ever, I mean, he's got Ingram at 14, 13, 12, 11, and he's got Van Vliet at 10, 10. Yeah, his long-term situation is very, very positive. Yeah. That, yeah. That Vooch contract is like, yeah. If there was ever a minimum contract player to like trade around, like that's yeah. a perfect contract. Yeah. And, you know, and that's going to probably take Vooch to the end of his like competitive career as far as, yep. and it's just, it's just a good contract to have. Yep. Um, he would probably be my winner this off season. Um, just cause again, I think he, he's been such a bottom feeder the last couple of years yep. where he looks like he's got a plan. Like I said, I really like what you did. The Unibros did you and uh, the meat stormers are really active. I think both both of your rosters are, are better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like I said, I, I think Josh maybe, you know, took away some of his long-term health um, to be competitive, but not great, where I feel like you have a chance to, to maybe jump into that top two. I don't know if you have a chance to be one, but I think you have yeah. a d- definitely a chance to be two. So those would be my kind of winners in the offseason. Yeah, and I feel like I was hard on on the Meat Stormers, but I guess like the low end talent. So he's got thirteen players on his roster, and the low end talent of the Kobe White, the Nasir Little, um, Svia, Obi. That's that's pretty low as far as draftastic goes, and that's oh. and that's you know you're that's not getting into the even into like roster spots, 14 and 15. Yeah. So that's the thing that, that really, I I guess I'm just biased towards teams that have full rosters. Yeah. But I think Kobe White's, Kobe White's going to put up decent numbers this year. He's just, because he's on, he's not on a great team and he gets to start and shoot. (laughs) You know, I think looking at the basketball reference, they're like projecting him to have average 19, five and four. So 19. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what basketball reference is projecting, but that's amazing. um, Yeah. I mean, so I think, like I said, he'll be good, but I'm just worried about his long-term. Like I I think he, he kind of sold out the long-term to be competitive, but not great. Yeah. Yep. Um, Okay. So let's keep it rolling. Let's go with, uh, we all talked on that one. Yeah. 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 you getting it, Brett? Yeah. I got okay. It. So, biggest name that'll be traded this year? Hmm. I 
Marcus name that we trade it. Well, should we look at who the Flint Tropics have? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should definitely look at the French Flint Tropics because they're going to be part of the deal <laughs> one way or another. They will oh, touch man. whatever deal it is. He just doesn't have anybody to trade. And there's no way Devin Book. I mean, I think I would think. I mean, I looked at their his roster and was thinking like, well, if he's going to trade anybody that's a big name, it would be Devin Booker. But I, I would hope he's learned his lesson. <laughs> so oh. that, that's not really what I was thinking. I would think Bradley Beal, mm. just in terms of like situation. Okay. Because it's a lot of money and he's not on a great team. That would be my choice just in terms of like seeing someone who's in a pretty decent position. I mean, LeBron's favorite. My team that kind of dropped off the most this year, but they're kind of riding that Rudy Gobert big points thing. So, I mean, not not that he doesn't have money. He's got lots of money to throw around, but next year in 2021 or 2021 and 2022, he's got six guys that are going to be wanting money. So I could see Bradley Beal getting traded and maybe trying to shift and move some stuff to get some picks, but yeah, I could see Bradley Beal going for to a team. I could see someone being like, I want full, like I'll, I'll throw the bank at him. I think he's great. Or, you know, some team that sees like, you know, they've done surprisingly well in Yahoo or something and, and things are looking up at the, at the half point halfway point to like make a push like he's a he's a good target for for that and you know like some if somebody wants to go all in for a championship sort of thing and sacrifice some first round picks yeah yeah i can see that i mean and i see that you know knowing that the flint tropics don't have their their first round or second round pick this coming season that does make me think like could devin booker be on the market for those yeah, I, I would see Jalen Brown first but yeah I could see that or even Zach Levine um, oh yeah for sure Zach Levine because yeah. he puts up good numbers on a not great team mm-hmm. but I could see Tyler parting with him because it almost seems like how long is Zach Levine going to do this um, <laughs> right. like how He's long is him. who's our coach Billy Donovan like okay so how long is Billy Donovan going to put up with Zach Levine just jacking up shots and not playing defense like uh yeah billy donovan put up with a, a lot for russell westbrook <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is true that is true but at least russell westbrook plays a little d i don't know plays i don't know does he talks a lot on defense i don't know if does, he plays that's that might be it he talks a lot on defense my perception of Levine is that he doesn't have that same kind of westbrook fire i don't know not many people do i guess but I feel like that would, in the, in the eyes of a coach, like you'd forgive a lot for like a guy that plays that hard. You know, yeah. just like that, you know, I feel like with Russell Westbrook, if you're co- coaching him, you're like, that guy's brain is just off and he's on autopilot. And I'm okay with that. Like, cause it, it means he's going hard. Yeah. Levine, I'd, I'm not sure if I. But the Bulls don't like who else is going to shoot the ball. Right. Like Kobe White's still young. Laurie Marketing 
probably going to get so in. many guys though. That's I said, I feel like the Bulls they have too many guys. They have too many young guys. Like Vin's proven that he can actually like shoot, like or at least get buckets. Like he does it pretty well. Yeah. I would I would love Zach Levine as like a six man. He comes in, man. He would be oh, yeah. tough. Because yeah. he, I mean, he can't. He could stroke the ball. He's so athletic. But that's the problem is he's good enough to not be a six man in the NBA. Like yeah. he's good enough. There's enough roster spots and starting spots for a guy like Zach Levine yeah. on a lot of teams. He could yeah. do this on a at least a half a dozen teams. Yeah. I don't think that's particular to the Bulls. He's an, he's a freak athlete and gets to the cup at an unprecedented rate. So, like, he's going to get full starter minutes, and but he's still on a non-playoff team. So I could totally see him kind of kind of in the Bradley Beal, but I think the Wizards are probably going to make the playoffs if Brad and Russ are healthy. I, I think they are. I think they're a playoff team um, with that trade, yeah. My biggest move, I it's interesting. I, I There's – you know, you look at the, the players that like to move people, which is going to be the Flint Tropics, and I think we talked just about them. It's going to be the Meat Stormers. Who's the Meat Stormers going to trade? I don't really see anybody on the roster that he would move. Can he move Paul George? He just traded for him. He can move him because you can trade guys you trade for. You, can't, you have to wait a year to trade guys that you sign in free agency. Um I think is the rule. I, have to, I would have to double check. Um, I could see the I could see the fluffheads moving Kemba. I don't think they'll move Kawhi because I think they're gonna. He's gonna. Kawhi will be eligible for the Duncan Nowitzki contract next yeah. year, so he'll be worth fifty percent of the max. So I think you'll hold on to him. Um, I think Old Depot's contract's too big to move uh, for the Boskis. My my one I'm gonna say is Draymond Green, mm. um, sixteen and a half million dollars. He's a, he's gonna be a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent with bird rights. I could see, um, but is Draymond considered a big enough name? At this I think point? He's, it's the same I think level he, as Zach Levine. I, I, yeah, yeah, I guess I feel like he if Golden State's a playoff team because Draymond Green's been a really good scorer in our league up until last year. Like he's put up points, especially in the steals and assists column. When yeah. he was on, he was on Adam's team, and Adam was. I'm trying to remember. He finished pretty high with. Well, because Adam would right? lose. Yeah, because Adam would lose the Yahoo portion, but he would always score really high in the non-Yahoo, yeah. and it was Draymond Green with assists and steals. And yeah. um, but I could see, I could see if he's having a good year. Christian trying to move them and get something out versus losing them in free agency. But he, I mean, that's still a big contract for somebody to take on for a year. So, I mean, I don't know who he's moving them to. Cause if he's, if he's competitive, I'm, I'm almost arguing against myself. If he's competitive, um, is he going to trade him to some team to be competitive against him? I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I would probably agree more with Brett in the sense of Bradley bill. Um, being somebody to go. Um, I was looking at Sean Kemp's kids. Would he try to get rid of the Clay Thompson contract and pick somebody up? Or does he want that $23 million cap space? I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't think he wants to take on any contracts. 
I could see um I could see the meat stormers getting tired of Paul George sitting just as somebody who's experienced that. And, yeah. Uh, but Josh is also stubborn enough to be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like right. I trade him for him. Like <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. But he could yeah. get he could get a, probably a good return on Paul George. So I, I guess I I think that's an outside chance. I think Bradley Beal, Draymond Green, those all make a lot more sense. Um, Actually, can I change my answer? I'm going yeah. Campbell Walker. I'm going Campbell okay. Walker. Um, Fluffheads will trade him to a playoff team. He's going to trade him to you, me, or um, Touch Reverse Box. Yeah, actually, I was going to say I, I want I I'm not sure who the player is going to be, but I I see the Fluffheads trading for a, a point guard other than Kemba. So like Kemba moving makes sense. Like draft picks for him or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And targeting it's, up. It's, it's a fair contract. It's eight million seven and a half. But yeah, that's the, not bad. His age. And that yeah the. Yeah. Um, okay, so next is most disappointing, and this one's free for all, player or team. So either most disappointing signing or miss or team. Yeah, signing team or maybe it's not a signing, just player on a team that doesn't pan out the way you expect them to. I have an idea, but I want to look first. My first, my first thought when I saw this question, I was thinking Montrezl Harrell. Like, Mm. I just, it's. He had a terrible plus minus on the Clippers, like substantially, mm-hmm. like kind of like, oh, maybe that's why they gave him up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I do see him kind of falling into that Ed Davis type of situation where if you're on, he's on your team, you're like, great. He looks great on the court. He's super active. But in terms of points, rebounds, efficiency, things that you actually want, I don't – I mean, obviously, he's on the Lakers, so he's he's going to get a lot of things, but I just don't think he's going to get a lot of what is expected of him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people argue he's what got Doc, quote-unquote, fired because um, Doc kept playing him, and he, he couldn't guard anybody um, in those series. And, uh, and I think that's it, too. I mean – I. I'm holding on to him. He's got a million dollar contract. Um, and he's been, he's been a great signing for me. Obviously he was yeah. a Superman of the year. Um, but I think he, he, you know, his, his value is going to go down and will he play as much? I don't know. Um, will he almost play the four and AD plays the five? That might be even a little bit more in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think Gasol can play a lot of minutes. It'll be more. Um, but my, my biggest probably disappointment was uh the fluffheads i just kind of felt like they they didn't do much yeah you know they 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 lost fournier they lost winslow i felt like winslow was a a draft pick that never materialized um i like what he did in the draft with okoro quickly and maladon um but those aren't going to be a core is going to play, but not great. And then he signs his big free agent signing was Jay Crowder, which again, I think it's not going to put up great numbers in our league. Um, and Phoenix may or may not make the playoffs. Um, 
so I, I don't know. It was just kind of a meh, like yeah. off season. Like, and, and it's funny is um, I, I don't feel like the Fluffheads have made any real trades recently. Like they're just kind of stuck in this perpetual, like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, you want a plateau if you're kind of doing what Touch Reverse Box is doing and like, you're, you you did a couple good things and you're holding on, but yeah, when you're in that middle kind of like, I don't want to say like Blazers range, but you kind of float around that six, seven, eight, and mm-hmm. you don't do anything that kind of pushes you over the edge. It's kind of like, well, you either got to cut cut loose and reset, or you know, swing for the fences and and miss. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him done something with. Um the Kawhi contract or the Kemba contracts and either got some draft picks or tried to trade both for another type of top tier all-star. And he could be a trade deadline. Like he could go, he has a lot of options at the trade deadline because yeah. those guys will be wanted by say you two yeah. Yeah. <laughs> teams that are kind of battling for that. Yeah. And, and obviously you don't know what happens like injuries and COVID Things yeah. could happen and put seven mans in like in a weird position, and then next thing you know, it, oh, Kemba or even Kawhi get traded for you know picks and a, and a couple of decent contracts that are going to come off, and that can kind of swing things in, a, in an interesting way. Yeah, I will say though that he did he did the league a favor. He made Dill pay for Sabonis. Um, yeah. you know he signed him to that big contract. So while his off season wasn't like you look at his ads and subtracts, it wasn't great. Um, he at, least, he at least did some stuff as far as helping the league by making people pay for, for, for players. So I shouldn't, you know, put them under the bus too much. But I think, I you know, I, I it might, it might be best case scenario that he ends up being a disappointment and like, instead of being middle of the road ends up in the bottom, you know, yeah. trade, well, trade deer yeah. De- and Fox. Maybe that should be, maybe that'll be my, pick for biggest name trade De'Aaron Fox because I think you could get something for him absolutely and versus maybe overpaying for him and yep. then kind of being strapped a little um mm-hmm. yeah that, that might be something um I uh for me I'll go player and I guess this is pretty speculative and maybe a little hopeful but um Luca you know coming into the coming into the season a little out of shape um uh chris Stapp's being injured i just don't see it being a i see uh, he's an incredible talent and um but but it, I, there's this expectation that he's going to progress exponentially every year that i i keep yeah. hearing and i think there's a certain point where like years of professionalism add up and maybe that's not, he's been a professional for enough time that he's really good. And maybe we should kind of temper those expectations of exponential growth every year. Um, Also losing a shooter and Curry next to him, uh, you know, Richardson will probably be fine, but I guess that's, if I'm trying to be like, make a bold prediction, I, I could see that happening. Um, you know, I definitely, especially if he's having to play, if he's having to play so much without the unicorn, like, yeah, 
Um, does he start to wear down a little bit? Does he start to start to cut corners a little bit? Yep. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, um, not that he's maxed out because he's so young. Right. But right. Maybe he's kind of maxed out stat wise. Yeah. Well, and to, um, I guess like carrying the load that James Harden and Damian Lillard do every year, I think in general, those guys come in, they come in fit, they're ready to play. I don't love like Harden by any means, but aside from this year, I, I think he comes in like in shape for the mm. most part. And he's just got a weird body. Yeah. He's big, but like, I don't know. I get, I guess, uh, and, and I know Luca plays kind of a similar game as Harden. So I don't know. I just think it's a lot, a lot that's going to be asked of him, especially if they have playoff, like expectations and not, not just to make the playoffs, but to like be good. Yeah. When I use that same formula, I had Trey young on mine as well, but like, mm-hmm what is he capable of in a in a winning situation so the hawks of any team this year have had the biggest shift in expectation yeah, for sure um what does that translate to in his play is he kind of i mean not that i i, I like trey young in a lot of ways but doesn't play a lot of if any defense you put another guy that doesn't play a lot of defense next to him but also shoots a lot like the way the team's constructed, it takes the ball out of his hands a little bit more. And when you're a guy that's used to having the ball in your hands a bunch and, you know, whatever, I'm not talking like chemistry of the team, production on the floor, like, I mean, it could benefit him. He could have more room to do more creative things and have a more well-rounded stat line rather than just, you know, 35, 40 points a game here and there. I mean, he got a lot of assists anyways, and you got guys that can finish and hit shots more efficiently, you know, that could make him even look even better. And, mm-hmm. but still, it's like when you're, when you're on a team and you're expecting wins and you're not playing defense that can put you in a, in a more difficult situation. Yep. Along those same lines, I, I see like my team with Whiteside and um, Bogdanovich also being potential big disappointments this year. Um Bogdanovich like this is a big opportunity he's everybody keeps talking about him like he was the biggest free agent signing of the of the NBA like this year and how big of an uh, a mistake it was that Milwaukee didn't end yes. up with him um which side point everybody talks about how Milwaukee messed that up and I guess I don't I don't know the details very well, but their trade partner was Sacramento, so it's weird to me that everybody kind of puts it, it on Milwaukee's fault. I don't think Bogdan <laughs> ever signed off on that sign and trade, and they announced it, which seems like a thing the Kings would do. It seems well yeah. within their wheelhouse. So, so <laughs> I do think he's a. I think he was the biggest signing. I think he's going to blossom in Atlanta. He's got a guy that can pass. He's got. I mean, he's going to have room mm-hmm. to shoot. He can let it fly. Yeah, you know, and he's he's with he's with an organization that is at least self aware in one regard. So, yeah. yeah, that's and I that's what I'm hopeful for. But I, you know, it is a it's going to be a big shift uh, for him. And he's he's been in Sacramento, which is not in a dissimilar situation as Atlanta. 
in, in, in terms of like both teams have really good talent, um, but Sacramento is just doesn't have a culture or a direction in, in my that's my take on it but um so i could see my team and and particularly these moves that sacramento has made basically for hassan whiteside and to lose bogdanovich um kind of cost yeah resulting in my team being a disappointment Hmm. it'll be interesting how many i mean i was looking at how many shots trey young got he he shot the ball 21 times a game last year Hmm. um but he also he had nine assists per game. Uh, I think Trey Young's probably going to lose some points, but gain some even some assists this year. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, maybe have even a little bit of energy for the defensive end as well. Yeah, and he's uh, never going to be great. But... No, but he could be a steals guy. Yeah, like like Steph does, just gamble. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Did we all get in on that one? Yeah. All right, let's let's go to the best minimum signing. This was one that may or may not have required research. <laughs> Up to you. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of minimum signings. I guess like, we could we could expand it to like low low salary value, value contracts. Yeah, best value contract. Yeah. Well, I was thinking my my two, but they're both you guys. Just like the Dunn signing that you had Forrest and then the Duncan Robinson, both those guys got signed super cheap. And with Jones Jr. leaving and, you know, that opens up at least, I mean, he was getting regular season minutes. So that could really pan out and, and be an interesting, but those were my two guys. Both young guys that have room to grow and are on a team and a culture that can allow them to at least get some more points. Obviously Hero is going to get, I'll probably more minutes and more and more yeah. attention. None and and who was the other one? One that uh... Robinson. Oh, Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, I was going back through and looking. I think I think the Will Barton one can still be great. I mean, he Christian signed yeah. Will two two and two. Um, that could be a great one. Um, I like the none one. I, I I was really wanting to sign none for that type of contract, and I was kind of vacillating between none and and norman powell and i ended mm-hmm. up on powell um but those were two guys that i thought for value at that level was good like i i like the the Devonte graham one but until charlotte signed um hayward and drafted ball and then i was like hey, he's not gonna get the shots that he yep. used to. um but i thought I, I think the nun one's decent i think the uh the um who was I just saying? The uh, the Powell one is 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 decent at that level, um, and then I think the Duncan Robinson one's decent. I really like you getting. I mean, this isn't a a, a low val or a low number, but Karis Levert at eight million, I think is good. Um, I think those are good signings. Um, even the Flint Tropics taking Winslow at at, at two million with a team option, two million. Winslow could, I mean, if he's healthy, I think he could do some nice stuff in Mm -hmm. Memphis. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I I missed that Winslow one. That's a, that's a nice signing. Um, As far as contract. He's healthy, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, The, the um, Barton one is one that I was, that I, I put an offer in for both Barton and Graham. 
Um, so obviously I like both of those signings. They're a little bit, obviously they are more than I offered for those guys, but I think, I think Barton's probably worth it. Um, I guess I don't know with, you know, Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I think between Denver, the way that they have changed and then Barton missing time for injuries, it, it makes me confused about where he fits now. Yeah. He might have an expanded role, to be honest. Or, you know. When Grant's gone now, so like right. small forward. Minutes, uh, but then you got Michael Porter Jr., who they seem to really like and want to give minutes to and mm-hmm. is a little bit more versatile. They have another young kid that played in the bubble. I can't remember his name right now, but he got minutes uh, in the bubble. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm interested to see what Denver does with Will Barton. Yeah. Um, but he just seems like a kid that can score. I mean, we, I mean, we know he just he has this funny like way of playing like open gym basketball and making some things happen. He's just a a good Yahoo fantasy guy. Like he's gonna put stuff up in every category. It feels like mm-hmm. regular as long as he's getting minutes, he's getting he's going to help you in every category. It feels like mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know maybe three. What's that? He's just an all-around good playmaker, but yep. you know he's not—he's not your star, though. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's, to... and that's exactly what you want out of a guy that's signing a minimum contract. Yeah. Bryn Forbes could work out for the Meat Stormers, going to Milwaukee. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like he's in that kind of similar situation he was in San Antonio, where he—you know—he could play some minutes and have a big game, and then. The next night, Pat Connington's playing his minutes. Like, um, I don't feel like it's consistent with him there. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be on a playoff team. Yeah. Um, so that's probably, you know, for the signing, that's a good signing for that yeah. amount. And those those San Antonio guys, you know, the uh, uh, Gary Neals, the George Hills, the, uh, you know, those – they seem to have at least a year or two of relevancy out once they leave San Antonio. So it's funny is like, and again, maybe I'm talking too much and giving away about or like strategy, but like given minimum contracts to guys that are on non playoff teams, I feel like is not valuable. Like you mm-hmm. want to have guys that can play all three seasons, if that makes sense in the non Yahoo and, mm-hmm. and, uh, especially if you're going to just be paying them the minimum because most of those guys are going to probably put up similar numbers. And so if you can find those guys that are on playoff teams that like, that's why I like the Bryn Forbes versus the Z Mihalik. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think the Pistons are going to go anywhere, Um, but I think, you know, the bucks are, so that's a probably a better contract. And that's, that's a shift again, that we're, that we're having to make as a league in terms of strategies. Like, I, I don't know. It's tough for me at least to like shift my mindset of like, I think this guy is going to get minutes to like, I think this guy is going to get minutes and he's on a team that's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And probably has a role like a, an opening to be a starter. Yeah. 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 Like versus where we used to be in our league where you just wanted to get a guy that played. Yeah. You were getting points for playing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Trying to think, I, I really liked your Bertans, uh, Blind Pigs signing Davis Bertans. That's, I guess, kind of on, along the same lines as my uh, Levert pick. Yeah. 
uh, well, saying. yeah, and my big thing with Bertans is like one, I think the, the Wizards can make the playoffs, and like tonight he played like 14 minutes and shot eight threes. Like, so the the Yahoo, you get points for three pointers. Like that, he's a guy that can can put the ball in the hole from from the three point range. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. he's gonna get a lot of open looks with Westbrook. So. Duncan Robinson, like, I, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, playoff points. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, Lot and, and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. There you go. You got him locked down. Well, oh. and that was kind of the motivation behind it. I was like, well, you get a guy that's for sure probably going to be on a potentially championship team. Like, yeah, Lakers just got better this year. So, yep. And well, if the best thing about that, too, is like, Year three, let's say he's terrible and whatever, you can wave him and he's a, he's a million. Like it's not going to yeah. kill you. Yeah. Um. And and I think it's important to have. I at least feel like it's important to have guys like that, the Taylor Horton Tucker's guys that you can like be in. Because I'm not that interested, honestly, in like what Anthony Davis's stats are, as long as they're good. Yeah. Like I don't really care. No. Um. You want to have those guys, your draft picks, your minimum signings that you're like interested in and make you invest and pay for league pass. And yeah, you know. that's funny. It's like I'm more worried about what Isaiah Joe is doing in this preseason <laughs> than what I'm worried that D'Angelo Russell is doing. Right. I'm yeah. stressed over like Pusechniks uh, <laughs> versus uh, Jay Scrub. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you noticed this I, I, at the end of the Blazer game last night, Dame and CJ were both talking to Jay Scrub quite a bit after really? the after the game ended. Yeah, wow, not sure what was going on there. He was a mid-major guy, right? Oh yeah, he was Western Washington. Wasn't he? He's in Washington, wasn't he? I thought he was. No, the, no, no, uh, no. That's Ellaby. Ellaby is Washington. Where was Jay Scrub? Wasn't he the junior college kid? Yes, yes, he was a junior college juco. Kid. That everybody said Blazers were going to pick in the first round. Yep. No, no, no. Sorry, my bad. That was R.J. Hampton. They were talking to R.J. Hampton. My bad. No, they were talking about. I know that. Oh, they were talking to J. R.J. Hampton after the game last night. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, Jay Scrub is the mid or the uh, junior college yeah. juco yeah. kid. Yeah. I got him crisscrossed. Um, all right, and so the last question that I have here is, uh, well, I guess we got two. Um, we don't need, we we touched on the draft one pretty good, so we don't need to touch on that. Do you want what well, we could say? Like, who do you think had the best draft? I uh, I honestly I'm not sure. I'm. I think it's too soon to tell. Is what I asked you that question. I was like, yeah, we it's too soon to tell. Yeah, I think that's right because it's kind of that like Malcolm Brogdon year that he won. Uh, rookie of the year at least in terms of this year like who knows yeah and then i I think like you said you could you could give an answer for clickbait um but i don't know if anybody really has like i said i i really like i don't like josh's pick ob toppin i think there was other picks to make at six i like what josh did late in the late rounds with cole anthony stewart achua um and i really like what peter did trading back to from three to four and getting Patrick Williams and then getting Alexi Puk- Pukasevsky at 15. 
um, which I feel like has a very high ceiling. And then if he doesn't work out, who cares? He's a second yeah. round pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like that, that was an easy move to make, you know, you move from Anthony Overs to Patrick Williams, which I think is very comparable. Like both have high ceilings and very low floors. Um, but I felt like that was a really good move for Peter to be able to just move back one and then get a high second round pick. Um, and then, so and, I, uh, Brett talked uh, talked about this earlier, but Flint Tropics bringing in Sadiq Bay, RJ Hampton, and Carson Edwards. Yeah, and getting Wiseman, you know. And Wiseman, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think that was good too. Um, okay, so then, last thing, uh, last question I have is: so it not every year of the league stands out to me, but most a lot of years. Um, I don't even remember what year they were, but I remember what happened that year. So like for me, there was the year that um, Larry Sanders decided he didn't like basketball anymore. (laughs) That was my, that was, that was the, like, that was the thing for my team. That's how I remember that. That was the year that, um, that, that, that happened to me, to my team. So my question is like, what do you ex- what do you think? Make a prediction for how you will remember the year twenty twenty one. that's so good, Larry Sanders, because he was <laughs> he was such a good player in our league for one year, like twenty twelve, and then what he, was he like decided it? that his glaucoma needed marijuana to help out. Um. <laughs> it was, that was. Yeah, remember you know when funny? He... did you draft Jalen? Who'd you draft? Jalen Jalen Smith. That the reason you drafted Jalen Smith is because he looks like um who's the guy you just mentioned? Larry Sanders. Or yeah, Larry, Larry Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. He looks like Larry because <laughs> they, they both wear the glasses. Yeah. This is it. Now I know why you drafted Jalen Smith. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's perfect. And and actually, another question: if if you can think of it, I mean, maybe it's too early to to decide for sure. But if you know what um, last year was the year of for your team, I think for my for team, our individual team or for the league, uh, I guess either way. How you think you'll remember the league? Or for me, I think most of the time I think of the league. I think I probably see it through the lens of my team, but sometimes that's not the case. Like for me, like last year was the, the, like the recognizing, like how did Michael make his team? Like, I was just like, Oh my gosh, he's like all these great players on his team. And um, I even had this conversation with Chris and Josh, like did, was, was somebody buying, like were somebody going in with him together, like on the, the money, like, hey, well, I'll just trade you all my great players and we'll share the profit. Like, um, <laughs> like, how did he wind up with so many great players? That was my my take last year. Um, and then last year, too, I felt like my team, like, has been undervalued all along, and then I ended up getting second place. Um, and, and like I said, it was almost to, like, the point where I felt like the league was non-competitive except for second place and down last mm-hmm. year but yeah um i felt like my my team was so bad for so long and then i finally started to hit um my my strategy started to take shape last year but this year i think parody like michael mm-hmm. losing pascal losing brogdon 
losing Harris, like, um, I, th I think his team is still solid, but I think there's a lot of parity. And as Brett, you alluded to, like, um, going forward, how does that parity continue to like yeah. level the playing field? And that's, and that's what I had. My, my kind of thing for this year is it's not, this is kind of like the last year, I think, that the powers that be kind of maintain that. I think this would be the last year for that in terms of substantial, like that's been the top three for a long time kind of thing. So seeing I had like the times of the tides of change begin to grow. So like, and not just with that, but I, I know we've had a lot of uh, discussions in terms of tanking and salary cap and bird rights and how those things might change moving forward and kind of the, just, just in the ways we kind of manage teams and allow players that are incredibly good, but you know, never get let go. So that kind of disrupts what is going to disrupt and allow for that parity to grow. This is kind of the year of seeing if some things kind of shift or if they stay the same and if they need to be addressed. Yeah. I think for me, yeah, I like all of those a lot. I think parity makes a lot of sense uh, kind of seeing what needs to shift. I think for me, the thing that I'm looking are expecting from this year is um, I think it's going to be the year of like having players. Like I think it's going to matter this year to have guys who are on the court. Um, uh, like with the COVID issue type stuff. Yeah, like I think so. Just, just COVID and then, you know, shortened season and, um, and then just not being able to like, and maybe last year really was the year that like you can't carry dead, dead weight on your roster and be competitive anymore. Um, you can't. So that's, I think that's what I'm kind of expecting uh, for my team. It's going to be the year of Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. It will be the year we had Hassan Whiteside and maybe we'll have two of those, but this will be the year that, that I've moved for Hassan Whiteside. Um and last year was the year that, like, I realized that I I need to take Yahoo more seriously. Hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's going to be interesting just how all this plays out this year because I do feel like once we basically take a hundred percent of the players that are in the NBA that are now in our league, and we have about fifty percent of the players that were in the are in the NBA but once we have like a hundred percent ability to assign those guys it will be those lower level signings that will be the, the big tell so you're talking about like the Hassan Whiteside so it'll be those players that either make it or don't like mm -hmm. and that's going to be the big difference because we'll have all the all-stars yeah uh, so who and, and maybe it'll be a little bit about who can sign the all-stars and be able to keep the all-stars yeah. on a non-luxury tax contract yeah. um, will be interesting. Like, and then how you fill in all that underneath it. Um, because yeah, like we have about 50% of the NBA players uh, on our roster. I think the math is NBA rosters have about 500 and some players and we have like 240 Um in our league. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting how we kind of divide up all those players. Yeah. Uh, 
an, an idea that I have for a future podcast. Maybe it should wait till the off season because it's not really time sensitive, but um, it'd be fun to do a uh, whoever wants to participate in a draft of non draftastic players. Oh, uh, I think that could, I could, it could be, it could get spicy with, uh, you know, where does, where does Harden go? Where does LeBron go? Um, there's not uh, as many anymore. No, there's know. not. There's still some really good ones, but um, you know, uh, so that I think that would be fun. Um, what was I? Th- I had a thought there. Oh, I think um, I think pretty soon. I don't know if it's this year or not, but I think pretty soon we're going to have to start. I, I think it's starting to happen already. But like my pickup of Hassan Whiteside and and some other guys this year. Um, actually what made me think of this is Michael starting um, Miles Turner is evaluating guys in terms of their star star performance in in our league versus their being an, a star in the league in, okay. in the NBA yeah. like who is Andre Dr- Andre Drummond's another one yeah um, and and he's been there kind of for a while, but I think maybe we'll we'll have to start thinking about that a little bit harder. Um, the decisions will be a little bit more difficult because of that, or it'll just be another factor soon. Yeah, and the other thing too, I think we need to look at is how do we once we get a hundred percent of the NBA players available for our league, how do we continue to make the draft relevant? Yeah. Uh, and so, and I know we've talked about like this year, we're putting three stash players in. So you can continue to see those guys grow because really when you look at our rosters, um, most of us, our key players are guys that we drafted and yeah, have, yeah. have developed. And so how do we continue to make the draft relevant, which was the, actually the foundation of the league when Josh created it was to make the draft exciting, like to yeah. draft players and, see how they did. So how can we continue to make that draft relevant? And I think we were worried about it for a while ago, like five years ago And the draft, we've seen the draft continues to be super relevant Um, more, maybe more than anything because of the contracts. They, they provide you very um, valuable contracts, kind of like in the NFL, if you get a, a quarterback that can play on a rookie contract, it allows you to build the rest of your roster um, a little bit easier. And so how do we continue as a league to make the draft um, important? And, uh, and the other thing too, like I want to make sure that we continue to do is make it fun. Like where guys don't get so competitive that they like get pissy about (laughs) like rules and um, stuff like that as well. Um, Because the whole reason that we made this league is because I think all of us love the NBA and um, it just allows us to, basically care about a minnesota orlando game on a wednesday like yeah um, at least for my book <laughs> yep um, all right hey i gotta have a hard out my computer's about to die and okay i gotta i gotta go but no that's perfect that's a that's a perfect place to end um yeah. and uh the, the other way that we'll keep this league fun is making podcasts so yeah all right thanks guys and uh talk again soon all right and Penetrate the bigs. Penetrate the bigs. Get deep. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. See you guys. Get deep. That's the...
the ostensible reason for, for doing the clinic.